It's another morning, and you're all set for work. You grab your coffee, head out the door, and your car decides today's the day it won't start. Panic sets in. You're not just late, you're stranded. Get ahead of unexpected car repairs before they strike with CarShield, the most trusted vehicle protection company. For almost 20 years, CarShield has saved millions of drivers from repair nightmares with low monthly plans that cover up to 5,000 major parts and systems, like pricey transmission and engine repairs, and check engine light mysteries. Visit CarShield today at carshield.com carlson. Plans include unlimited miles, 24-7 roadside assistance, help with flats, lockouts, and rental car options. Save 20% and get a free quote by visiting CarShield online at carshield.com slash carlson. Don't wait for the next surprise. Choose peace of mind with CarShield. Go to carshield.com slash carlson and save 20% today. Everything is expensive these days, you know that. The government is printing trillions of dollars in consumer prices higher than ever. If the government continues its printing and spending, the dollar could continue its freefall and lose its coveted role as the world reserve currency. Let's hope that doesn't happen. But there are a few things you can do right now. American Hartford Gold can show you how to protect your money, your retirement, your hard-earned savings against inflation by helping you diversify a portion of your portfolio into physical gold and silver. Start with a short phone call, and they can have physical gold and silver delivered right to your door or put inside your 401k or IRA. So please call or text them right now. Tell them Bill O'Reilly sent you. Call 877-444-GOLD, 877-444-GOLD, or text GOLD to 65532. Again, that's 877-444-GOLD or text GOLD to 65532. Welcome to the No Spin News Weekend Edition. Democrats are really caught here. They can't support Biden on the documents because of what they did to Trump. So... Senators Manchin and Durbin went on the Sunday shows, and here's what they said. Go. It's unbelievable how this could happen. It's totally irresponsible, and who's at fault? But with that being said, putting it in a political kangaroo court's not going to help. What it should be done is exactly what Merrick Garland did, put the special counsel. Let's wait and see. At its heart, the issue is the same. Those documents should not have been in the personal possession of either Joe Biden or Donald Trump. But what happened and followed from it is significantly different. Oh, he doesn't know that, Durbin. Now, this is what I said on News Nation last week, and I could be wrong about this. I don't think so, but I could be. I don't think Trump or Biden knew what the deuce was in those boxes. I think they were moved out of their uh, office places, moved in to Ma-a-Lago and to the other Biden uh, centers. You know, they're not looking at that stuff. Now, that doesn't excuse it. Doesn't excuse it. And Trump handled it differently. He was defiant. And Biden knew that he had to be, uh, and he's, he hasn't admitted he's wrong. I'll play you a soundbite in a minute. But he knew he had to take a different approach than Trump. 
because he did the same thing as Trump. But I don't think either of them knew. Now, maybe I'll be proven wrong on that, but I doubt it. So here's what Biden says about the whole thing. Go. We're fully cooperating, looking forward to getting this resolved quickly. I think you're going to find there's nothing there. I have no regrets. I'm following what the lawyers have told me they want me to do. It's exactly what we're doing. There's no there there. Thank you. Oh, I hate that cliche. Don't you hate that cliche? When you, if you're going to use no there there, then you just apply it to Biden himself. He's not really there. It's an apparition. Okay? So I have no regrets. And Trump didn't have any regrets either. Where, where do we get to this point where the presidents of the United States, even if they do something that shouldn't have happened, won't say, gee, I wish it didn't happen. Why don't we can't get that anymore? I have no regrets. Mm. Yeah. Now, this Rehoboth Beach House thing is bothering me. All right? This is why I have Biden derangement syndrome. It shouldn't bother me this much, but it bothers me. I think it's corruption. So I told my staff, get Talman, get him off the ski slopes, ski slopes of uh, Salt Lake. Get him in here, former U.S. attorney for Utah. You know, I've made your career. You know, I have made you. <laughs> now I see you on Fox. 100%. I see you with all these pinheads over there. You know, you're a big star. People are going, can I get the little gray and the Talman beard? You know, we, they're going. Uh, we were there before there there was there. That's right. I discovered you. It's like Shirley Temple. Um, all right. Honored. Does this make any sense to you as a former U.S. attorney? As you don't, after all this time, you haven't even gone into the Rehoboth house. Yeah, I'm glad you highlighted it because I think corruption as well, Bill. And I, I, you know, I've dealt with cases. I've been on both sides of the classified document cases, prosecuting them and defending on them. And they take a, a pretty, pretty much a zero tolerance approach with any, uh, anyone else. And they took that approach with with President Trump. And you and I were the first ones to say, you know, they were they were overdoing it and it was going to come back to bite him. And it, it did. And, and now they're stuck. And I just want to point out, though, remember, it was the inspector general that got tipped off that Biden might have a document or two. And then they very quietly used private attorneys to go to his uh, pen office, you know, and search. And then they found some and they brought it to DOJ. Every step of the way, it seems as though it's it's more an effort to control a story than it actually is to investigate. And now, with an entire home not having been investigated, the DOJ and the FBI taking a back seat, we're left to say, look, we may not agree or disagree with what you do, but at least, at least DOJ apply it equally to both sides. Well, they're never going to do that. But shouldn't Merrick Garland be embarrassed? I mean, as the attorney general, he's got to know. Look, if you're a dope dealer and they find 10 pounds of cocaine in one house, you got another house eight miles away, they, they go over to the other house, okay? So, oh, no, no question. Yeah, Merrick Garland can't defend this. Christopher Wray can't defend it. This makes me think that the special prosecutor appointed by Garland to look at Biden, he can't defend it. That means he's incompetent. That means the fix is in. 
that they don't really want to know the extent of this. I mean, it, it's just like you can't defend it. Why didn't you go over there? Am I wrong? Am yeah, I overhyping this? Not, not at all. Remember, the, the special counsel is not really even engaged yet. He, he was going to have 30 days before to wrap up other issues um, with his practice. So he's not even engaged in, in calling the shots. So the blame falls squarely. But, but wait, 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 wait. I'm not going to give him a pass because, number one, he's already interviewed a few people on this. I know that to be fair. They release it. But number two, all he would have to do as he's disengaging from whatever other thing he was doing, is pick up the phone and say, hey, I need somebody to go over to Rehoboth, you know, because we need to have what the scope of this is when I walk in the door. It's not unreasonable. I mean, what, how long does that take? Yeah, it's a good point. And, and I would say especially it's reasonable when you have found documents now in multiple locations. Uh, I, you and I, we could absolutely place a bet there's going to be some documents in the Rehoboth house. Yeah, I mean, look, I am so tired of this corruption, which is getting worse and worse and worse. And the American people have got to know it. I mean, I know some don't care. They're more partisan as long as it's uh, their party is put in a favorable light. They don't care what the party does. But most Americans are going, this is just outrageous. Now, I, um, I wanted to get you uh, on the record with the FBI. So Trump appointed Christopher Wray. In my opinion, Wray has made the FBI even worse than it was under Comey. I mean, and when you see Ray in, testifying in front of the, uh, the uh, in the hearings in Congress, I mean, the guy won't answer a question. He's just a weasel. He comes off as this weaselly guy. He's like Garland. Garland and Ray are like the same. They won't answer questions. They, you know, um, Garland uh, looks nervous. All right, he he's like this, and Ray looks cool. That's the difference. But in the what they're giving the American public is nothing. If you were appointed head of the FBI, and I would do that if I were president, what if, how would you clean that agency up? How would you do it? Yeah, and, and first of all, I'd love that job because I, I think I'd go in there and acknowledge where we made mistakes and answer honestly what we're doing and reprioritize the FBI. My first move, Bill, and I'm glad you asked this question, the first move would be clean house of all those that are in the executive positions in Washington, D.C., remove them and bring in. There are fantastic resident agents in charge across the country that are running, you know, massive field offices who care more about investigating crime than they do about the politics and replace all those in Washington, D.C. And as soon as you start to do that, you'll see a very different FBI. We had an author on last week who wrote a book about the decline of the FBI who said this all started when Robert Mueller was the chief and he, he was given the mandate after 9-11 to track down terrorists that were here in the United States. And he took authority away from the field offices and, and centralized everything in Washington and brought in the swamp creatures to the FBI to run that anti-terror program. I don't know whether that's true or not. I obviously didn't, but it made sense that Mueller was the guy. And then it got out of control with Comey and McCabe and the other people. You see it that way? Well, I'm not sure who your guest was, but I would give um, a thousand percent endorsement on that. Think, think for on this fact, Bill, prior to 9-11 and prior to the new mandate of the FBI to root out domestic terrorism, 
70% of the FBI was being used on drug interdiction and violent crime across the country, partnering with state and locals to get rid of violent crime. So 70% shift went to domestic terrorism with newfound money, budget, they had to justify all that new focus. And that's what they've done. And it's, it's creeped, it continues to creep into average American citizens' lives as we see them you know, develop into an a, intelligence agency rather than a law enforcement agency. Yeah, and then they align with the anti-Trump movement and the rest, as we know, is history. All right, Brett, thank you very much for coming on and uh, stay safe out there in Utah. We'll talk to you again soon, I hope. Thanks, Bill. Recession and inflation are here. Gas, housing, and everyday goods are up, way up. And you want to be ready for any situation. So what would you do if there's no food on the shelf? Arc Heirloom Seeds are here to help. Did you know 99% of seeds sold today can't reproduce? With Heirloom Seeds, you only have to plant once. Then you can grow year after year, giving you and your family stability and security because things are getting crazy out there. Our all-in-one seed kit provides everything you need to grow your own food. This premium seed kit has over 65 varieties, 50,000 seeds in stores for 15 years. You'll also get our exclusive seed guide to make growing a no-brainer. Arc Seed Kits is a family-owned and operated business and the most trusted name in the nation for over 15 years. Our mandate is to get heirloom seeds into every home in America. Go to arcseedkits.com today and get free shipping by entering promo code podcast. That's arkseedkits.com, promo code podcast. Get your seeds, get prepared, get growing. arcseedkits.com. Hey guys, it's Vivek Ramaswamy here, inviting you to listen to my podcast, Truth. We just relaunched it after the campaign, and we are already riding up the podcast charts. Here's why. I think that hard, in-depth conversations about the tough issues is the only way we're going to get this country back. Because make no mistake, we are currently in a war for the future of America, and you cannot win a war unless you're willing to speak the truth. If you want standard conservative talking points, this podcast is not for you. But if you want to go deeper and hear the conversations you're not going to find anywhere else, the conversations that will challenge you, that will challenge me, then subscribe to Truth with Vivek Ramaswamy on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And I promise you, you're going to cover terrain that you're not going to hear elsewhere. You're listening to the No Spin News Weekend Edition. All it is banned gun stuff, it means nothing. The Republican Party should get behind the federalization of all gun crimes with mandatories for those who are convicted. That's what the Republican Party should do. But it doesn't. Democratic Party, forget it. We're in this situation of mass murder because of them. Because the cities controlled by the left won't prosecute violent crimes. And that's a memo. Um, now let's bring in um, a victim's rights person. Jennifer Harrison um, comes from Suffolk County, and she is the founder of the Crime Victims Advocacy Group, Victims' Rights New York. So I understand you had a shooting in your neighborhood. That's a suburban neighborhood out in Suffolk uh, just a couple of days ago, right? Actually, last night, as I was emailing back and forth with your producers and getting my son ready for bed at the same time, I heard for the first time in my life, what sound, we thought it was fireworks at first, and then it was like a little more of a pop, pop, pop um, across the creek from me. It ended up being a shootout, a drive-by shooting. People were driving by in a car and shooting. I don't know where exactly we're waiting for the police reports, but it was extremely scary. 
Do you have a gang problem in your suburban neighborhood? We do. I, I actually live in the same community as, uh, as Lee Zeldin. Okay, I know where it is. Um, so this New York insanity now leaves people like you and your son um, vulnerable to violence. And Albany and the governor, Hochul, does, they don't care. Do they care? Do they, have they responded to you? No, they they block me on social media, actually. So, you know, um, I, the Speaker of the Assembly, Carl Heasty, has blocked me on all sorts of social media. The Crime Victims Committee, Senator uh, Julia Salazar, who is the chairwoman of the Crime Victims Committee, has blocked me on social media. So that's how much they care about victims in New York. Why, do they, why uh, did they block you? Did they give you a reason? There, there is no reason because I call them out on their bad policies on social media and they don't want their electorate or constituency to see their policies. Okay, so you didn't attack them personally or say anything obscene or anything like that? No. Now, in New York, we had an election in November where you had a guy, Lee Zeldin, who you mentioned, who would have reformed this insane, permissive crime situation. Yet he lost to Kathy Hochul, who is responsible for the death of thousands of innocent people. She's directly responsible because she signed the legislation. Okay. So isn't it the fault of New York voters? They're not stepping up to protect themselves? I'm a bit conflicted on that, Bill. I'm glad that you asked that question, though, because I wonder if it is the New York voter themselves that are to blame or if the media is complicit as they continue to cover for these elected officials and, and their bad policies. Well, there's no so doubt about that. We... There's no doubt about the media is complicit. But I think everybody in New York, at least downstate where we are, know the extent of the violence. I mean, you'd have to know it because of the Internet and New York Post um, programs like mine that report it on a regular basis. So, yes, the media covers, but, you know, everybody's got to know how bad it is that they still continue to vote for the politicians that allow it to happen. Well, there are also community leaders that are complicit that that convey the wrong message that Kathy Hochul is their savior and the Democrats are their saviors. And, you know, you mentioned in your in your monologue that, you know, the, the reason for this is that they consider these these, uh, you know, mass incarceration policies, as they call it, racist. But on the other hand, you have to look at who these armed black men are killing, and that's other young black men and black children. So those stats is, are incarceration. Uh, those stats, Jennifer, are readily available. We've reported them many, many times. 90% of African Americans in New York City voted for Hochul, even though they can see with their own eyes their own brethren shot and dying in the streets. 90% voted for the woman who made that possible. It is, to me, inexplicable. I, I agree. And that's why I formed a political action committee to try and raise awareness to these issues and campaign against uh, po politicians that are 
implementing dangerous policies like bail reform and raise the age and less is more. Kathy Hochul signed less is more, which was actually written by a convicted gang member and murderer, Derek Singletary, knowing that he would be released one day and on parole and that he had already been sent back to prison for violating parole. So I I call them the merry band of idiots in Albany, and I just hope that people wake up before it's too late. It might already be too late, but hopefully we could just pray that we get through. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, New York may be gone. California certainly is. Illinois is. Chicago's gone. Um, New York, I think it could come back, but I'm not sure it will. So uh, your group is the Victims Rights New York. They can go online and, and get information about your group. Victims Rights yeah. New York. Yes, it's victimsrightsnypac.com. Okay. Stay safe out there, Jennifer. Thanks for helping us out. We appreciate it. Thank you. Who was there for the families left behind when a service member or first responder dies or is catastrophically injured in the line of duty? Who is helping our nation's homeless veterans? And who is helping our nation keep its vow to never forget 9-11? I'll tell you who. The Tunnel to Towers Foundation. The foundations in the line of duty programs honor our nation's heroes and their families. That includes its Gold Star, Fallen First Responder, Smart Home, and Homeless Veteran programs. The foundation's Never Forget programs engage people in 9-11 remembrance across America, over 80 runs, walks, and climbs a year, dozens of golf outings and barbecues, and the Tunnel to Towers 9-11 Institute is helping to educate kids in kindergarten through 12th grade about our nation's darkest day, 9-11. More than 95 cents of every dollar you donate to Tunnel to Towers goes to its programs. This charity keeps its word and honors our nation's greatest heroes. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T.org. Did you know every day is a perfect day for peace of mind? With American Home Shield Warranty, you are covered for unexpected breakdowns like leaky faucets or faulty water heaters. Choose a plan that fits your budget and rest easy knowing repairs and replacements are taken care of. Simply contact American Home Shield when an issue arises and their trusted pros will handle it according to your coverage. Don't let worries about appliances and home systems weigh you down. Celebrate the reassurance of protection. Don't worry, be warranty. For 20% off plans, visit ahs.com slash bill. For more details, see ahs.com slash contracts for coverage details, including limit amounts, fees, limitations, and exclusions. New Jersey residents, the product is being offered is a service contract and is separate and distinct from any product or service warranty, which may be provided by the home builder or manufacturer. This is the No Spin News Weekend Edition. So I'm going over uh, the Internet sites, news sites this morning, as I usually do. Um, and I see... Um, something from A&W root beer. Now, I don't drink soda anymore, but at one time I really liked root beer, and I drank A&W. So they have a bear, Rudy the Bear. That's their advertising person. So I see a report on the Internet that says they're going to put pants on Rudy the Bear. And I just rolled my eyes. I believe the report. (laughs) I believed it. Now, if I, if I can be suckered, you can imagine it with everybody else. So my producer 
is smarter than me. And she says, I don't know about that. It turns out it was a, a joke that A&W is shrewd enough to put that out, knowing the Internet just publish it. OK, get all the publicity free and get people riled. Now, I wasn't riled up. I just go, bears don't wear pants, but bears don't wear shirts either. And Rudy has a shirt. So anyway, um, it was a fake. But I'm sure people got riled. Now, this comes off the M&M's thing, which I totally ignored because I know what this is. This is a fabricated story that means nothing but gets Mars chocolates big publicity. So the M&M's thing was that uh, they're getting doing away with all these polarizing M&M's advertising mascots who I don't care about at all. I don't eat M&M's because it's too much sugar. But what's wrong with them? I don't know. Are they going to put somebody in heels? I, I Forget it. I knew it was bogus. But do you know how much publicity M&M's got from this? So they got a new ad going on in the Super Bowl, and I think it's uh, not with them. They, got a, they hired, uh, what's her name, the Saturday Night Live woman. Tell me in my ear where her name is. Um, she's very funny. Maya Rudolph. Very funny. Well, I think the most of all the females. I, I don't know. There are a couple of really good ones. But Maya is the new spokesperson for M&M's. Now, all of this um, commercial stuff and politically correct stuff generates publicity for the product. But you can get hurt going into this political arena. So joining us now from Montgomery, Alabama, is Dr. Alan Mendenhall, associate dean of the Sorrell College of Business at Troy University. And, you know, he knows this world. So if you were a CEO of any major corporation, how would you handle, you know, the social media trumped up controversies? You stay away, you embrace it like A&W root beer. What do you do? Well, I think actually one of the big problems is that these boards of directors are getting pressure from uh, asset management firms and other institutional investors that are actually pushing corporations to the left. And a lot of CEOs are just at companies for a short amount of time. So say you know you're just going in there for four or five years and you're going to be out looking for the next thing. Well, you can make all kinds of decisions that actually aren't that profitable for your company. In fact, the entire shift from shareholder primacy to the stakeholder model is predicated on this idea that shareholders, maximizing profits for shareholders is an old fashioned way of doing business and that we need to redefine business to account for the interest of all kinds of stakeholders. Well, stakeholders is a vague term that can be defined in any way. So a CEO could come in and say, look, we need to do X, Y, and Z because all these stakeholders may be affected by uh, climate change or some sort of environmental issue. And then you can institute policies and procedures that may make yourself more palatable to the media that may make your company look um, suitably leftist. But that's but, what happened uh, at Disney, he, right? That's what Disney did. So, oh, it's, it's happened so many times. And in well, fact, but the that's most recent... The, that's the poster boy for a lesson at Troy University. I mean, you got Disney, which markets to every American who has children, all right? And then all of a sudden, it's pushing 
a very controversial public school issue about indoctrinating children into subjects they can't possibly understand. Disney says that's good. That's the don't say gay thing. And in doing so, Disney harmed its brand beyond redemption for at least in the short term. And they got Chapik, the CEO, fired for doing it. But you would think that if Chapik was a good businessman, he would know just what you stated, Dean, that, hey, if you're going to take a political stance, you're going to alienate somebody, right? That's exactly right. And you'll find that you have to imagine this situation. Let's just say half of America is conservative and half of America is on the political left or progressive. Well, you would know that wading into politics is going to alienate a certain number of people, a certain fraction of the U.S. population. Well, why would any companies do this? Well, it's because we're starting to have financial uh, and institutional incentives that are trying to push companies to the left. And my biggest example of that is just this ESG movement, the environmental, social, and governance movement, which of course can mean two things. In one sense, it's just a framework or strategy that individual corporations undertake internally, but more broadly, it is uh, the non-financial standards, metrics, and factors that asset management firms, uh, financial, uh, uh, financial institutions, and institutional investors consider when they allocate capital or assess risk. Now, these uh, factors are pushing companies to the left. Um, and you see institutional investors, the big, the big three are Black, BlackRock, State Street, and Vanguard. Um, they hold over 20% of the equity of S&P 500 uh, companies. And now we have, um, you know, trading has, is very different. You know, 100 years ago, buying stocks and things like that was just becoming widespread. It was only in the 80s and 90s that we started having 401ks and those types of things. Um, now, institutional investors have gotten huge. They, they hold so, around 80%. So institutional investors that buy a lot of stock, okay? Yes. In their funds, they are telling CEOs, hey, you better embrace climate change or we're not going to buy your stock? Well, here's what happened just yesterday, Bill. Just yesterday, Newsmax was yanked from DirecTV. So AT&T owns roughly 70% of the shares of uh, DirecTV. But you have a small hedge fund that is an activist investor. They're called activist investors. And their job is to go out and buy as many shares in publicly traded companies as they can and deliberately push these companies politically to the left. By threats? Is that how they push them? By threatening By them? So By they, saying they, we're going to dump your, your, your stock unless you dump Newsmax? That's what's yeah, happening. They, they have uh, shareholder proposals that they issue. They write reports. They go to the media, and they vote. They they exercise their proxy voting power. So all these thousands and thousands of beneficiaries of these funds, they're the intermediaries, and wow. they're they, those people. You know, the, there's actually a breach of fiduciary duty that's going on because and they're manipulating the markets. They're, they're manipulating the markets for political gain. I mean, that should be that's an right. SEC. Uh, concern, Securities well, and Exchange Commission. In fact, you know, they're, they're, the SEC is actually, because of this, considering some proposed regulations that would force companies to disclose ESG factors. But we know that right now, the way these investments are being done, they violate federal case precedent. They violate uh, Delaware law, where a lot of these companies are incorporated, which places a, a huge right. emphasis 
uh, on shareholder primacy, and they violate the Employment Retirement Income Security Act, ARISA, because a lot of this money that's being invested comes from state pension money. Well, and, it's got to uh, be. They've got us. They've got to litigate it then. And I know this Newsmax thing agree. is in Congress now. We'll see how it goes. Dean, very enlightening. Thank you very much for helping us out. We appreciate it. Thanks, Bill. Here's a gem from the No Spin News Vault. I'm Mike Slater from the podcast Politics by Faith. This is a crazy time in our country. It's stressful, a lot of anxiety, and it's going to get worse. And I realized that one of the things that helps me take away the stress is realizing that there's nothing new under the sun. So on this podcast, we take the news of the day and we run it through the Bible and other periods in history to realize that we've been through this before and we can rise above again. Politics by Faith, anywhere you listen to the podcast. Politics by Faith. Hey, this is Vivek Ramaswamy. The media has systematically lied to you. The Hunter Biden laptop story, the origin of COVID-19, the Trump-Russia collusion hoax, or how your money's being spent in Ukraine. Enough already with the lies. No more lies, hard truths only. That's what the Truth Podcast is all about. It's not standard conservative talking points. If you want that, go somewhere else. But if you want the hard truth delivered to you in a way that challenges you and will challenge me intellectually, you're not going to find anything like this on the internet. Subscribe to The Truth Podcast today on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. So let's bring in a guy that uh, I have always thought was very smart, and you'll remember him on The Factor. Bob Beckel is back. I said, where's the suspenders, Beckel? He's got a sweater uh, on. He's I- it to us from Washington, D.C., Democratic analyst. So how you been, Bob? Uh, I've been fine. I mean, I've... I've uh had a few differences with Fox as uh, you had. And so, but uh, that's, that's behind me now. I'm not, I, by the way, they're polling. I've looked at their polling models and, and they are just way, way skewed. Oh. I mean, Listen, I, I don't uh, have any acrimony at all toward the organization. Um, and, and, but I, I did what you did, looked at the methodology and it's just, uh, yeah, it's no. way it's, but they're uh, not alone, though. A lot of those polls are just not accurate. But yeah, but okay, look, it makes sense for if you have Sire on the stage, the idea is to draw some votes away from, or draw some attention away from Biden or Bernie. Uh, you know, Sire's big things the environment. I, maybe Pelicans voted in South Carolina. I don't know, but no. uh, the uh, you know, there's just no way. I can guarantee Sire's you. Yeah, I can guarantee you in the South Carolina primary, Sire will not hit more than five percent. Um, All right, let's go down the list now. I have uh, predicted Joe Biden will be the nominee from the very beginning. I still stand by that. Am I wrong? No, I've been with you the whole way. I I thought that in the end, when this big crowd got whittled down, and let's remember all these other debates were sort of meaningless. The first ones were full of things, words I didn't understand. Uh, And then it, it only in the last month or so had they begun to mix it up, which is interesting. That'll tell you a lot about a candidate. And so tonight, this one really does matter because it's in Iowa. Everybody watches it in Iowa. I've been through these several times. And uh, so there's going to be a lot at stake tonight. And it'd be curious to me whether Bernie decides he's going to go after Biden uh, on his Social Security allegations or Iraq vote, or whether he keeps after Warren uh, and I think, right, by the way, you're exactly right. It's the first question they should ask. It's the first obvious uh, debate point that has can, can't be proved. So somebody's on it, like you said. Right. 
And let's see uh, how they I let's see it. how they deal with that. And why sure. a, a follow up question, Elizabeth Warren, would be why did you even bring this up, Senator? I mean, what this what good does this do? But you got Wolf Blitzer, you know, Wolf, he's not going to be uh, aggressive. You've got another uh, reporter at CNN, it's a CNN debate, and a Des Moines Register reporter. I, I got to be fair, I don't really know them, but I'm not expecting anybody to be confrontational or follow up. The weaknesses of this debate, of the whole series of debate, this is the seventh one, is that you can't interrupt or you won't interrupt, and they can say whatever they want. They don't answer the question. So what good is it? All right, so let's get well, down to this. You're with me. Biden is a front runner. You expect him to win. Bernie Sanders has gone up in the polls and raised an amazing amount of money the last quarter. Why an old 78-year-old white socialist, why is he doing so well in the Democratic precincts? Well, you got to remember, he built up a big base last time. A lot of people invested in him before. He's got a following. Uh, and, you know, he received millions and millions of votes uh, in the last election against Hillary Clinton. And uh, some people think that he probably, in fact, did beat her. He beat her in the in uh, uh, the popular, or excuse me, in the caucus votes. But leave it on the side. Bernie's got uh, some of the people who keep forgetting about this, and that is that people know him and they like him. They don't know the rest of these people except for Biden. I mean, every time Warren opens up her mouth, they go, "This is a senator from Massachusetts. Who the hell ever heard of her before?" Until she got into this race. Now and then she got in trouble with Pocahontas and. Indians, I don't know where that constituency is going to go, but it doesn't matter. Uh, she's fading because she's taking on Bernie Sanders, and I think that's a big mistake. Now, whether Bernie decides to put her away tonight and get very confrontational with her uh, and wrap up the progressive vote, which would mean a lot in that state, uh, or whether he goes after Biden because he's worried Biden's going to beat him there, uh, is a big question in my mind. Uh, for him. And, yeah, uh, I mean, I, he's got to make a decision, and I'm sure that they're even, right now, they're discussing uh, what Bernie will do. Um, I just want to make a quick explanation. A caucus is run by the political party. It's not a statewide vote. It's just people-involved uh, activists in the party. That's in Iowa. The week later, there'll be a New Hampshire primary where everybody can vote, a uh, much bigger canvas. Um, when you have people who are very active, they're usually far more liberal than most mainstream Democrats. Is that correct? Oh, sure. Yeah, they, they account for, generally account for over 60% of the caucus votes across the country. Okay. In the Democratic so Bernie caucus. and Elizabeth have an advantage, even Buttigieg, we'll get to him in a minute, they have an advantage, but even if they beat Biden in Iowa, it doesn't really matter, does it? No, it doesn't. It doesn't. Okay. Now, um, if Biden loses by a margin, which I don't think he will, uh, I think he could pull an upset, by the way, in New Hampshire. Everybody counted him out of New Hampshire, if you remember, six months ago. Now all, of a sudden he's leading, now, all of a sudden, he's leading the polls. And I think this comes down to one fundamental issue. When people now turn into an election year, and the hatred for Trump is so deep in the Democratic Party, not just among activists, across the board, they're going to look at that stage tonight and say, which one of these people is Can best win. equipped to take that dog on? How, what percentage of Democrats do you believe want socialism in America? Is it 50 percent, 30 percent? I'd say 15. 15, 15 one five. 
more than five, yeah. Okay. I mean, when I, you say socialism, though, that's a probably broad term. No, but you know, it's been defined. Bernie Sanders wants to run the economy from Washington. Um, he wants to nationalize a lot of private industry for the global warming push. Um, you know, that's socialism. The, the government really runs the economic engine. That's right. And, there's, there and, are and people that's what like Bernie Biden. wants to do. So, yeah, well, yes. And he, he declared himself a socialist years ago. And in fact, I was involved in his first mayoral campaign. And we tried to talk him out of using the word socialist to Democrat. Uh, and he said, no, I'm going to be a socialist. Well, he, he downgraded from communist. You'll remember that Bernie honeymooned in, in the Soviet <laughs> Union. So that was a downgrade for him. All right, let's, yeah. let's get to Buttigieg. Now, Buttigieg, very articulate, no doubt. Um, he had a little bump up in the polls in December. Now he kind of settled back down. Do you see him as serious contender this year? No. And I, what I do see him, though, is a guy fighting for the middle of the Democratic Party against Biden. So I expect tonight that, at least if I were advising him, I would go after Biden uh, because he's not going to get votes from from either uh, uh, Warren uh, or Bernie. So where's he going to get the votes from? And if you look at some of the polling data, this guy's got the second place voters for Biden in some states go to Buttigieg. Yeah. But you and I both know the reality here. Yeah, Look, he's too, I mean, right. He's too young. The African-American community doesn't like him. Uh, we'll explore that down the road. Why? Um, but I think you're absolutely right. But the guy has future in the Democratic Party. I believe. Oh, he sure he does. He's a great yeah. speaker. Look how far I mean, he's come from right? being mayor of South Bend, Indiana. Hey, Bob, uh, I'm really glad we found you and booked you and we could use your expertise during this very important election year. Thanks again. Good All right, Bill. You. Thank you. All right. Cheers. Thank you for listening to the No Spin News Weekend Edition. To watch the full episodes of the No Spin News, visit BillOReilly.com and sign up to become a premium or concierge member. That's BillOReilly.com. Sign up and start watching today.